Huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio, come in, come in Oscar Mike Radio. Sista One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie, over. folks today is thursday october 19th it's 8 p.m which means it's time for another episode of oscar mike radio oscar mike being on mission on the move for our veterans and military always and we're going to start with the question of the week and i was asked by a fellow motorcyclist slash biker how was the danny v run it's an interesting question. Um, typically, I don't do a lot of these kind of rides for causes. It's not that I'm a snob or too good for anybody. It's just not my bag. It's a, it's a lot of, of, of motorcycles in a small space at one time. I don't know if it's a little claustrophobia or whatever, but but it's it's a lot of metal and variables you got to track. So... That's my first problem, so I don't do these a whole lot. Um, This one's kind of special, though, because he was killed in Afghanistan. I um, got to hear his wife speak at the Mass Fallen Heroes uh, event, and it meant a lot to me to see, you know, the real cost of this. And he's local, so... Their foundation goes out in the community and does a whole lot in the local community for military and veterans, and it's a good cause. So from that standpoint, it's absolutely a slam dunk. There's no question if I can make it happen, uh, I'm going to do it. And it's it's a good time. The more I get out and, and do these kind of things, the more people I meet, the more people I see that are old old friends, old hats, you know, hey, how are you doing? And it's always good taking uh, one of my kids or all my kids to these things. Gives me a lot of satisfaction to see their perspective and answer questions later. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that no one kneeled or protested when uh, they didn't sing a national anthem this time. The guy sang God Bless America, which was pretty cool, but still... There wasn't uh, anybody who disrespected the flag or our military during that time. I really liked the chaplain's speech where he talks about the 13 folds of the flag. I thought that was pretty cool. 
And this one was start off at the Brockton VFW, which is near and dear to my heart because of um, Burnout for Vets. And it's just good to see that, uh, you know, Brockton helped make this happen. So all in all, it was a good time. Got to see some old folks. Well, not old, but, you know, old friends. Good seeing uh, Rocket Man from the uh, my Marine Corps League detachment. Uh, Sweat Shark and um, LB Bragg. You all mean the world to me and uh, very good seeing you there. So I will do it next year, but, um, you know, the next secondary question was, will you do the Boston Wounded Vets ride? I will not. That's, that's insane. There are, there are like thousands of motorcycles there and, and that's just, you know, I'll, 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 if I want to give 20 bucks, I'll just send the check and, and, you know, go support some other way. But that's just, a, no, I just, it's just not me. You know, I love riding a motorcycle, but that's just not me. So some people uh, like that, more power to them, no hassle, no fuss. I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm not saying you're right, it's just not me. So I'll support it. They do a lot of good things in the community as well as the Danny uh, Vassilian uh, Foundation, but um, I will not be riding that one. But still, to all my uh, brothers and sisters who ride, rubber down. And now I will move on to the word. It's been a while since I've done the word. Had a lot of guests on, which is never a bad thing. But uh, the word in the military, as we all know, flows from top to bottom. And it's all around. A lot of instruction and teaching is passed via the word. And this word of the week is, again, kind of near and dear to me. The Marine Corps has formally announced that they are going to introduce a fourth phase to boot camp. Which, well, it raised a couple of questions because even back in, in the 90s until now, boot camp was 12 weeks long. It's, it's the longest boot camp in the world for any kind of military. There's no other military organization who has a, 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 a boot camp or induction phase to the military service as long as the Marine Corps. Uh, the Army is 10 weeks. Navy is 8, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I didn't look that up. But in the Air Force is 6. And, you know, our drill instructors made it very clear to us that while we were getting our, our asses kicked every day, the flyboys were, you know, chilling, having a good time, going home with little blue uniforms on. But no, you guys weren't smart enough, so we're going to kick your asses, get out there and get to it. <laughs> so a fourth phase was kind of like, whoa. And, and, and the other thing that I want to touch on before I really dive into this is, I did my 12 weeks, right? And then you came back for an additional three weeks of uh, MCT, Marine Combat Training, where you know every, every Marine is a rifleman. Every Marine is expected to know how to do basic rifleman duties. And this was your last, if, if, if you were going to be like an admin or a cook or something in the air wing, this was probably your last time to really go full grunt. Not retard, but full grunt. And, and much respect to my grunt brothers. And uh, I actually enjoyed it. I liked MCT. And I didn't have a problem with it, but... You know, in, in theory, in practice, 
your boot camp could be, we could argue that boot camp was almost four months long. That's before you hit your MOS school, which is a minimum of three to upwards of a year long, depending upon what you were doing. Most, most of them in the Marine Corps are no more than, than four months long, but there's a couple of them out there that are much longer. So I was very interested in, as to why they decided to do a fourth phase. And it's going to start in November. They're going to introduce the plans for this. This is I'm, I'm reading this off um, military.com and task and purpose. That's where I started diving into this. Only two places that really had this spelled out. But um, this was the result of a couple of things that really gave the commandant and senior leadership pause. And I say senior leadership, I mean officer senior leadership and staff and CO senior leadership. And these were um, the drill instructors who are going to trial for hazing recruits. This was a result of the Facebook issue where Marines were sharing nude photos of uh, WMs, women Marines, without their consent. And additional crackdown on hazing in the Marine Corps. And the feeling was there is a, a, a problem that we need to try to solve. Why are we graduating Marines out of boot camp that do this thing? What are we missing in our core values? When I say our, you know, I, I'm not as lean as I'm, and I'm not as mean, but it's still the title. I still earned it. So it, it, it might as well be me. I'm very interested. I mean, and, and I, I get the hazing question all the time. I think a little, I don't want to call it hazing, but you know, we get to the new unit and you're the FNG and you've got to figure it out and they're going to see what you're about. That's, that's good, but everything can go overboard. And, and my view on it is if you as a person can't take your, your buddies, you know, give you some shit, you know, what are you going to do when the, when the stuff's really hitting the fan? You know, are, you, are you going to fold like a wet noodle? Or are you going to, you know, be able to buckle down and, and get the job done? I, I wasn't hazed too bad. And in 95, when I went to uh, Yuma, there was a couple of incidents uh, that had really forced the leadership to crack down on that. So I didn't get it too bad. They did some things to me and they, 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 they made my life hell for about a, a week and then it was time to get to work. So they didn't really have time to really fool with me. And the first six months I was there guaranteed, I got all the, 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 the shit jobs, all the crap. So in the cami netting, you know, cleaning the trucks, filling the sandbags. We're the new guys. We're the pogues. We're the boots get to it. So, However, this is a, a, a larger problem. There is there's definitely a problem they want to address. And so this fourth phase that they're going to try to do is really transition from the strict drill instructor mindset to having these drill instructors kind of ease a transition into the fleet. So I've got to look at this because it looks like there's now four distinct phases. You will graduate this fourth phase and go to boot camp. That's how it looks like now. But 
this MCT slash uh, crucible slash fourth phase is going to be a time where you as a new Marine are going to be kind of seasoned into dealing with fleet Marines. And the reason I say that is boot camp is not the fleet. If you walk up to your sergeant and, and pop the POA position of attention and oh, he's going to be like, what is wrong with this guy? He expects his orders to be followed. He doesn't want any lip off of you. He expects you to be, you know, dedicated and presentable and physically fit. But there's a mindset you got to get away from. And the feeling is, is, is they want to develop Marines who are capable of transitioning from that, that boot camp mindset into the fleet, their new units, and be effective right away rather than what happened to me is you get there and it took me, you know, a good three to four months to start getting the, the boot camp mentality out of my head and be able to function cohesively. It worked. I was able to do my job. I was able to function. I was able to figure it out. But the hardest part for me was I couldn't figure out why certain Marines just, you know, walked up to staff and COs like, yo, staff sergeant, how's it going? The staff sergeant got a smoke or the staff and COs would come down to the PFC and bump cigarettes off them like it was just, you know, a, a cigarette mall. Uh, and the thing was, if you smoked and gave the staff sergeant a cigarette, he probably would smoke with you. And, you know, here we are, we're out from the sandbags and the other guys are up there talking to the staff sergeant, smoking cigarettes. It, it, it wasn't fair, but that's the way it was. And we didn't understand that. We didn't understand that we could actually approach the first sergeant for a problem. Now, you had better have approached the corporal sergeant, staff sergeant, so on and so forth. But if you were really in a, in, a, in a shit sandwich and you needed some help, you could approach that man. But I tried to avoid that uh, person. I understand why he was the way he is now. But um, that was, uh, that's a whole other podcast about staff, uh, first sergeants. So they're going to try this out. The, the, the last major change in the Marine Corps was a crucible where it was a a multi-hour operation to really test all the skills they learned in boot camp and make sure that uh, they were they were forged in the fire of training and, and, and discipline to become Marines, which you know didn't make what I did any less worthy or, or of note than anybody else did. But that was the is a huge change, and people were like, "Oh my God, what are they doing?" But this is. This is very, very different, and I'm very interested to see how it works out. I want to know how long this is going to be. Um, I, I can't really imagine going back and being able to sit down there with my drill instructors and kind of just, you know, work with them on a professional level. I don't know how it's going to work long term because, you know, my drill instructors will always be those those men who had a very... I wouldn't say traumatic is the right word, but a very purposeful impact on my life. I, I will never forget them ever. And I've forgotten people all throughout my life, but those four men, I will never forget. And, and there's that 
you know, mystique in that respect because they were up here and I was coming into, you know, their playground to play, if you will. So I don't know how it's going to work out long term, but I think the Marine Corps is right. There are some areas that need improvement. Um, my two cents is I think I think they need to get back to the basics of NCO leadership. And then the, you know, the average recruit is changing. They're more educated than they were 50 years ago. They have more opportunities uh, before they come to the Marine Corps, a lot of them. Some of them don't. So you're not dealing with the same person. However, uh, the Marine Corps never changes how they approach uh, instilling those core values into somebody. So again, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Uh, it's it's clear that the Marine Corps has been playing it for a while. If you look back at these three main issues where you have uh, drill structure hazing, the Facebook uh, nude photo sharing was a huge, huge problem. It was a huge problem. It was a huge black mark because uh, to take pictures of your uh, WM sisters and post them on you know Facebook or other uh, file sharing or photo sharing sites without their knowledge, and then pass them around, comment. It's just never right. There's just there's no way I can defend that. There's nothing I can do to say that's okay in any way, shape, or form. I, I don't understand it, and I, I that was just a very black mark for what we stood for. And then there's other hazing discipline problems. If you know where to look, we're like any other organization. You're going to have good and bad apples. You're going to have people that are homesick, people who get into trouble, people who get married when they shouldn't get married. I know plenty about that one. And people who make decisions, drink when they shouldn't drink, so on and so forth. But this fourth phase is really about taking the time as a drill instructor to transition that, that recruit from recruit to active duty Marine to understand certain things you should and should not do when you get to the fleet. Understand that when you get to the fleet, you're being watched. You're being judged on how hard you PT, who you hang out with and how well you do your job. And if you're deficient in one of those things, you're, you're going to get called out. Or they're going to know what kind of person you are. And I would tell anybody who's thinking about joining the military, regardless of which service you're going to join, you do not want to be associated with bad apples. You lay down with dogs. You wake up with fleas. It's as simple as that. So you need to really ask yourself why you joined, what you're going to do, what you're trying to do, and make sure you keep your eye on the ball. And your eye on the ball is really to finish your military career, whether you serve two years, four years, or 20 years. And you can look back and know that you did the best you absolutely could. There are some things I could have done better. Uh, I'll, I'll tell anybody, if I had to do it all over again, I would have really, really focused a lot more on my MCIs. Marine Corps uh, Institute. It's free training, and I never really took advantage of it. Just didn't. Didn't realize until I got out and looked at cutting scores, even though I was a terminal last due to my MOS being uh, 
done away with. That for anybody else, the the average Marine, those are huge modifiers for your promotion score. And it's free training. It's it's free. It's it's free accredited training that, that you can take. Some of them transfer to college courses. It's it's great free training. Most of it's online now. You can set your computer or your phone and learn away. I I do that completely different. So I, I want to know what you think. Does the Marine Corps need a fourth phase? Was this just a response to keep people happy? I don't know. I can understand why they want to close that gap. I can understand that there's problems with uh, discipline in certain areas. I'm not happy about the Facebook uh, nude sharing thing at all. Never have been. And the drill instructors have a hard job. I hear about drill instructors hazing recruits. And I'm going to end this with, you know, I don't know what's going on in their mind when they're trying to train recruits. And look, people, I'll tell you right now, there are some recruits that come into boot camp. And it doesn't matter how much you yell at them, how much you punish them. They're just, they just don't, they just don't care. They don't care. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to run as fast as they want to run, no matter what you do. So people were like, oh my God, that scene in, you know, Full Metal Jacket where, where they're getting beat, you know, with the soap bars. I'm like, well, you know, when you've been punished for someone's actions for a week, you, you kind of reach your breaking limit. And, and my DIs, I can tell you, never really haze anybody, but they had their uh, rogues gallery of recruits that uh, drove them nuts. They knew who they were and sometimes they just punished them. Or punish us just to make sure we were staying in line, just the way it was. This is a, this is a mental mind game where they play fuck fuck mental fuck fuck games with you all the time. And if you're not ready for those mental fuck fuck games, if you're not mentally tough, you're gonna have problems. Now, should your should a DI be purposely hurting a recruit? Absolutely not. But if that that recruit's having trouble understanding the program. And I'm getting punished because he doesn't understand that up. If a recruit is having trouble understanding the program, and that DI can uh, help shed light on that situation, I am all for it. Because you need to remember that recruit, especially if that recruit is in the infantry weapons company will one day be issued a weapon with live ammunition and that recruit will be staying next to your son, possibly daughter, with a weapon that can kill people. And you want to know that that person hasn't mentally locked up upstairs to execute those duties properly. That's all I'm saying. So again, fourth phase, what do you think? Uh, write me on uh, Travis at Oscar Mike Radio. Drop me a Facebook post when this episode goes live. Okay, Pogue and Grunt are weighing in this week. It's been a while. They've got a lot of uh, stuff to complain about, which is good, as usual. And their complaint is about aviation. Not surprising. 
they're really wondering about this new fangled helicopter the Marine Corps is building. And they didn't get me what they're talking about here. I'm trying to find this thing. Let's see here. New Marine Corps helicopter. Let's see if Cortana can pull it up for me. Oh, yes. This is, uh, it replaces uh, the CH-53 Sea uh, Knight. The big one. Um, this thing is huge. And the Sea Knight's huge. I mean, it, it is a long helicopter. The King Stallion is the next uh, super heavy uh, lift helicopter. And again, this thing is just completed its first flight. And it... Uh, can carry three times more than, than the C-53. And it's going to cost almost $100 million or more a pop. And they want to know why they're spending that much money on an aircraft when they can't figure out what kind of sidearm to replace the M9 with. There's problems with the M4 carbine rifle. Other needs to be updated. And I'm like, you know, hey, I, I, I get it. But, um, you know, if you can't carry bullets to the field, then, you know, what are you doing? And all, look, people, these airframes are all getting old. And as much as I hate the Osprey, the the machine it replaced was, was rolling off the assembly line before I was born. That should give you an idea of how old this thing was. So they, they needed to replace it with something. So I'm not saying that it's not needed. My my point to Pogue and Grunt were, well, okay, we just need to make sure that the costs are handled appropriately. That's it. Okay? So I'll, I'll put some blurbs in there in the blog post side about the King Stallion. And again, you can tell me what you think. So I'm going to close out this episode with talking about something that's near and dear to me. I want to talk about the um, 15th annual Leave No One Behind Gala in Boston for the New England Center and Home for Veterans. It is Wednesday, November 1st, 2017 from 5.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at the Seaport World Trade Center. And it's their annual event where you can Come and attend and watch what the center does to service our homeless veterans and veterans in general. They just completed a $35 million renovation project on their location on Court Street in Boston, which if you came through the Boston area and went by there three years ago and come by there now, you wouldn't recognize the place. It's it's very, very nice. It's a very welcoming place. The, the, the the mandate handed down from uh, the, the government on, on the federal, local, and state levels that we would end veterans' homelessness and effectively in Boston. If you're a veteran and you need a place to stay or get off the street, this place can do it. So this is their, their annual event where they uh, talk about their mission. They have a, a, a speaker. And uh, they're going to try to get Governor Baker to show up and uh, speak to us and talk about uh, some stuff. He's getting an award 
The keynote speaker will be Captain uh, Arvin R. Chauncey, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam from 1967 to 1973. And it's supposed to be a great event. So if you want to come to this event or have interest in going to this event, you can um, go to the NACHV website, and I'll have that link in the blog site. And uh, you can check it out. It's supposed to be a great time. They always have um, a, a great cocktail hour, if you will, where there's a lot of interesting things to see. They have the live and silent auctions, which are supposed to be great. And then it, it's just a great time hearing from people who have stepped up to serve our country. And I just wanted to really focus on this event this week because there's so many veterans who need help. There's many organizations out there, but this one year after year steps up the plate and makes sure it happens. So a big shout out to them. You don't want to miss it. Check out the link in the blog site and attend if you can. There's still room. So that is it for episode 64 this week. I just want to say thanks for everybody for tuning in. I've had some really good shows, really good times with people, and got some more stuff coming up before the end of the year. And as always, if you have anything going on that you want to talk about, please let me know. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, and my website, OscarMikeRadio.com. This is Omar, out. <laughs>